There it is. Praise God. I love you, brother. Don't you thank God for your pastors? Would you stand up, Sister Amy, with Pastor Mark, and let's give them a proper thank God for this couple. God bless you. We honor you, and we thank God for the gift of God that you are to the body. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. If you would, just stretch your hands towards this faithful couple and just realize that as a pastor, that job is more than just sitting in the office and checking Facebook and Instagram all day long. There is something very special about a shepherd and a pastor. As a matter of fact, he gives these folks an unconditional love for his sheep. And I am so grateful to call them my friends. I'm so grateful that I call them my peers in the ministry. There's a lot of things that I actually look up to them about. Um, When I grow up, I want my hair to look just like his. (laughs) But I, I do want you to know that they speak so highly of you. They love you. They never tell me anybody's mess. They don't tell me anybody's details. They don't say, tonight's word of knowledge will start with this. Tonight's word of knowledge will start with... No, they don't do that. So let's stretch our hands and just thank God and put ourselves in a vulnerable position as sheep that we say, thank you, Lord, that we have these leaders that will lead us. And we thank you, Lord, that you have ordained that these pastors be our shepherds. And we pray for them. We lift them up. We submit to them, Lord. As they follow you, we also follow Christ through them. We also are led by the Spirit ourselves. Thank you for the equipping that you give us. We thank you for the teaching and the admonition that you give us through these leaders. And we thank you now, Lord, for a hedge of protection that is around this couple. We thank you for the hedge of protection of the blood of Jesus that surrounds this couple. And this church is going higher and higher, even from these meetings forth, going to another level of glory, glory to glory and faith to faith. And as they grow, we grow. As they go, we go. As they soar, we soar. We're grateful and thank you, Lord, and rejoice for the honor of having this couple as our leaders in our lives. We thank you for it now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated, precious folks. There's all I can say is that this is awesome to see the unity of the bloods and the crypts coming together. And the wannabes. Just knowing that they can be healed. Praise the Lord. I hope I don't get shot tonight. <laughs> I won't. But praise the Lord. We just thank God for all these claws up here as we minister. The glory of God's already soaking into them. Does anybody have a quick testimony about a cloth that they've received in these meetings already? Taking it to somebody who was afflicted or uh, on, uh, sick or whatever, and there's already been a difference. Anybody, quickly, anyone. I, I, I'm, all right, there's a hand. I'm sorry, yes. Would you come up here? Did I see another hand? I'm not going to make you necessarily come up, but this one I remember. What's happening, sister? Broken heart, kept it on her, completely set free of all oppression, depression, and all that that hurts. Praise God. 
Hallelujah. Come on up here, sister. Oh, this is exciting. Wait till you hear this testimony. In and of the cloth, if, you, if this is your first time, we're, we welcome you. We're glad you're here. Uh, but in Acts chapter 19, the Apostle Paul had aprons, handkerchiefs, and cloths brought to him. And as he ministered, held on to the cloths, the anointing of God would go into the cloths. The cloths in and of themselves, the, the material in and of itself is not magical, but apparently it's something that can soak up the anointing. So it's really neat to see that a spiritual flow can end up getting caught by an earthly vessel. Come on now. And when you take it to the one that's been possessed or oppressed or sick, all of that sickness and all of that disease and all those demons have got to go. Hallelujah. And here's one you got to hear. You want to hear it? Listen to this. State your name. Nikki How um, Miles. Now. <laughs> State your real name, not your stage name. Nikki Miles. Okay, Nikki Miles. Happily married, right? Yes. Okay, that's just, oh, praise God. All right. How old are you, Nikki? 19. What's your social security number? All right, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Talk to us. What happened? So, um, was it Sunday night that you, okay. I wasn't able to go to the meeting on Sunday night, and so my husband Preston did, and he brought a cloth, and you took it and um he brought it home for me that night and he's like just put this on and I was like okay and the next well like 10 minutes later literally like 10 minutes later I checked my blood sugar and it was 90 and wait, wait why did you check your blood sugar I felt different why do you have to check your blood sugar she has type 1 diabetes and it's gone <laughs> hallelujah yeah. is that right How long have you had this? Were you diagnosed from a very um, early age? I was diagnosed at 16. 16. Okay. And you're now how old? I'm sorry. 19. 19. Okay. Mm -hmm. So for the last three years, you've had to prick your finger, check your blood, and you had to take like insulin. Ten times a day. <laughs> ten times a day? Yeah. Okay. How many times have you had to take insulin in the last two days? Three days? No, I haven't. None. <laughs> Hallelujah! <laughs> <laughs> Fire on her in the name of Jesus. Never return. <laughs> Fire of God on her. <laughs> Don't poke her eye out. <laughs> what do you feel going through you? Fire. I tell you, we're going to have a rip snorter tonight. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Fire in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. If this is your first time here, please do not run out of here. I just don't have time to back up to anything that might be traditional or doubt and unbelief. You'll have to forgive me. We've gone too far with this. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lift your hands if you would. Thank you, Jesus. We glorify your holy name. So that's why we've been laying hands on the claws. That's why we have these up here. If you have one, feel free to come right on up here. You're not going to bother me. There was a young lady, I believe, that was standing over here. Did you have a testimony of a cloth? 
And she hasn't been in any of the meetings, has she? Praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Again, a testament. When a woman gets healed, she makes cookies. We were in a service in Tulsa. Somebody say Tulsa, Jerusalem. Yeah. It is the Holy of Holies. It's the, uh, it's the place before the real Holy of Holies. It's where you practice on being the holiest, apparently. I don't know. Anyway, that's the attitude a lot of times. But I want you to know in Tulsa, we had a meeting. And a lady came in in a wheelchair. Young lady. I think you're too young at any age to be in a wheelchair. That's my opinion. But she came into this uh, meeting. She sat up here in the front row. And the Lord told me, I'm going to do an amazing thing this morning. Sunday morning. I said, Lord, you always do amazing things. He goes, yeah, watch. You haven't seen anything yet. And I said, okay. God's not a liar. And so during the offering, at the end of the meeting, the Lord says, now. Usually that's the most demonic time of the service for most people. It ought not be. That should be the most joyous. And so this lady's sitting there, and he says, during the offering, now run down and tell her to get up out of the wheelchair. And I said, Lord, tell her to get up out of the wheelchair. And I'll watch you do an amazing thing. God wants to use you. I said, God wants to use you. So I went down, and I whispered in her ear, like a bold minister would. Just... Let's not make this difficult. God said he wanted to do some amazing things. And if you would, just please go ahead and just stand up. Come on, get up. This was years ago. I've learned more. And I said, come on. She goes, I can't get up. I've got the last stages of rheumatoid arthritis, a very, very developed room, and young lady. And she said, I can't get up. I said, ushers, pick her up. So the ushers are looking at me like, what you talking about, Willis? They got on either side of her, and as she stood up, her legs were all twisted and crippled like this, and could hardly hold herself up. And she's like this, and she's frail, very thin and frail. And I said, can I lay hands on your knees and your ankles? She said, yes, that's fine. I've had everybody pray for me, but go ahead. What kind of boldness can you have when they're like, yeah, whatever, go ahead, but it ain't going to work, you know. And so I laid hands on her, and God is my witness. It was heard in the very back of the auditorium. Snap, crack, pop, and her legs began to strengthen and straighten. Now, she was wearing like some, uh, some baggy shorts. They probably would be normal, but her knees and her thighs were so skinny. As she began to walk across the front going, hallelujah, oh, what's happening, hallelujah. My, my God, my, my legs, they're filling out, they're healed, I can walk. Her legs began to fill out. You could see muscle begin to grow in her legs. And I'm sitting there going, my God, this is awesome. I said, honey, lift your hands. And she said, I can't. 
So I grabbed her hands and I lifted them up like that. Snap, crack, pop. And I kept my eyes shut thinking I just tore her arms off her body. I looked down. Everything was fine. She ran off screaming. Oh, I'm healed. I'm healed. Hallelujah. Ran all the way around the place like three times while Tulsa looked at him going, that's peculiar. I started shouting glory to God. She left that house, that that church. She was pushing her wheelchair instead of riding in it. She said, I want the devil back in his chair and I'm taking him out of here. Hallelujah. That night she came back and testified. She had started to fill out. It was wonderful. They were just so excited. And she said, I went to Sam's, which is, you all know what a Sam's is, a wholesale. Okay. And I said, well, what happened? She said, I went shopping all day long. I took that cart and I'd go up aisle three. Then I'd go down aisle four and I was just shopping all day long. I said, that settles it. When a woman gets healed, she goes shopping. Hallelujah. Praise God. I also, again, I thank God for your pastors. I honor you. I I thank God for the friends that you are and the gift that you are, the office that you hold. I also thank all of the camera people that have had uh, pain from trying to keep up with me each morning, you know, and each night you wake up, you're like, my God, this guy, just stop. But thank God for the camera people, the folks in the nursery, the folks that are helping with the children all this week. Thank God for the singers and the worship team. Thank God for these ushers and the security. Praise God. Hallelujah. Come on. They put on an awesome, awesome event. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for these folks. Do we have the video ready? Is it possible or are we going to do one of these things? Are we good? We've got thumbs up. Praise God. And they're way high. Hallelujah. This is a very short video um, they, they've helped us with. Get it. I wanted to show it for you, for you. Give you a little idea. I know you've had all the, an idea of our ministry this week. I'm getting drunk in the spirit. Hallelujah. Because if you don't want to drink, I'll have yours. Kindly pass it this way. Hallelujah. But we're going to show you a little, uh, some highlights of our El Salvador trip and, and some of the things that happened. We went with a team of how many? I think 70 people. And there were some of these young folks like these guys here on the front row. Yes, Bill, Jen, hallelujah. And uh, they, they just, they've got these markings on them from a skit they did. They're not tattoos. I don't want you to think, oh my God. They're Sharpies. You know, they're Sharpies. It was all part Designs. of it because it was saying how we're marked with Christ, and you'll yes. see some things, and then you'll see some clips of uh, uh, some of the, the healings and miracles that happened. And if you'll keep my mic on, I might kind of talk through it as well. But let's hit the lights and let's watch this promotional video, please. identity. Well, according to society, it's who you make yourself to be, the destination of the elite, the makeup of a novelty. See, in this life, we're striving and pushing 
We're searching for something to find ourselves in. Something not borrowed because we want something new. We're breaking to break the mold. There lies our pursuit. A generation longing to generate, to procreate, to proclaim. To proclaim our independence from these bondages and chains. But let me ask you what would happen if something came to faith. You see, that's when society begins staring us in the face asking, are you really going to form to these people who denominate? You're part of a generation that's expected to emancipate. Just look at your heroes and how they're on top. I bet if you think this way, then you would know to stop. I am done with these identity games. I'm sick of this mentality of fame. So as for me, will I turn to a page in a book that tells me I have a new name? And if I answer the call, then I'm given a stamp. And in it is still the words, God, I am. Now what is this call? And how can I know where it might lead my curious soul? So I read a little further, and then he says, go. But he doesn't stop there. He's got so much to show. He takes it one step further and gives this mission some ammo. Signs. It sounds like power That's to my son. But he's giving us he his own righteous authority. And it's in this moment, I can hear him so clearly. He says, We were able to go into the schools and go into different villages. And while you're at it, choke Obviously, out. Obviously, Speak life to the dead and diseased. Bring forth healing. And wherever you speak, you have the victory. Because for this purpose, I have taken back the keys. The keys to death, hell, and the grave have been conquered, confiscated, and held high to proclaim. To proclaim the hope of salvation to those who speak my name. So I answer the call. I caught a flame which now burns in me to bring forth the progressive change. This change that only comes from a man who saves. All-powerful, king of kings, the one who gave me liberty and made me see that without him, I am nothing. He is where I find my identity, the authority, knowing where I stand with that stamp in my hand, which has the seal that says, God, I am. That man right there was the one that had the cantaloupe-sized shoe Over 5,000 people came to the Lord in those three days. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, team, for being able to get that uh, ripped for us. 
Um, one thing I do is never, I don't want to take advantage of anybody, nor will I. Um, God's blessed us with partners all over the world. And um, I know some of you have said that you've had it on your heart to be a partner with our ministry. And again, it's whatever God tells you to do. We thank God for it. We, we can't do, honestly, what we do without partners because our vision has grown so much. That right there opened up the door for more crusades in San Salvador and Uganda. We've actually been invited to go and teach in all of the Rama schools overseas. So, I mean, honestly, you can't just go over there and then take up an offering in Uganda, you know. So our precious partners are able to help us go and start doing what we're called to do. And praise God, when you get a part of a big vision, that vision that you hook up with causes your vision to come to pass too. So hallelujah. Has God put it in your heart? If you would just slip up your hand just real quickly, if God's placed it in your heart. I just got a couple of these. I just, if you would just please fill these out and then put them back there at the table with, uh, is Heidi and Connie, are they, I only have a few here and there's more back there at the table. If you would just go ahead and if you would fill that out and I'm going to make this very clear. Do not become a partner with our ministry. If you choose not to be a faithful tither to your church. Whoa, you hear how that just went over? Who wants to give their card back? Praise the Lord. If you do both, the blessings overtake you. The blessings overtake you. So if you would, just please consider that and uh, praise God. Hallelujah. Is that a, is that, okay, all right, praise the Lord. Let's lift our hands all over this place. I'm going to ask you to confess this with me. If it's not in your heart, I believe it will drop into your heart. I would never ask you to do anything unbiblical. I would never ask you to do anything demonic. But I'm going to ask you to do something biblical. I want you to confess this after me. In the name of Jesus, I am a tither. I'm a faithful tither. I'm a joyful tither. I love to support my church. I love to support ministries that are in operating in missions, the miraculous, and revival. I sow into souls. I thank you, Lord. The windows of heaven are not opening. They are opened. Pour out on me, Lord. Blessings. Room enough that I have not to receive. Overtake me. Overflow. Overwhelm. In the name of Jesus. You are the God who meets all of my need. You are the God who's more than enough. Else should I. You are my God. I rejoice with joy unspeakable. And full of glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you, God. We worship you. Let's lift our hands to him. He is mighty. All these things are done in his name. We give him honor tonight. We give him glory. Oh, matchless king, we worship you. Come on and stand to your feet and let's worship him together. We worship you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. 
magnify you. Oh, we've come tonight, Lord, to seek your face, to give you glory and praise. Hallelujah. The splendor of the King. Clothed in majesty. Let all the earth rejoice. Earth rejoice. He wraps himself in light. Yes. And darkness tries to hide and trembles at his voice. And trembles at his voice. Come on, sing. How great.
to worship you, Lord. We are here to be changed by your glory, impacted by your love. How great are you, God? Oh, how great you are, how wonderful, how awesome, God. How great is our God. Oh, how sing with me, how great my heart sings. How great you are.
exponential growth in the youth both quality and quantity young people tonight the mere fact that you're here let me just say this everyone in here is young compared to God okay so we're all his kids but the mere fact that you're here tonight you're at a crossroads you'll never be the same you cannot look back you cannot turn back there's no going back you are all in Young people, youth leaders, youth pastors, can I get an amen? You're all in. Fire! In the name of Jesus. Whew. My tasers don't work with guys this big. Well, I know you do. You're hungry. So, Father, I just thank you right now for increasing his hunger. I thank you right now for increasing that desire. I thank you, Lord. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my baka said to hours praying in the Holy Ghost. Watch what you do. <laughs> your life. <laughs> your life. Woo. Launch him forth in Jesus' name. Launch him forth. Yeah, yeah. When you get up, you're going to be a whole new man. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. What's been going on with you this weekend, young lady? Forgive me, what was your name again? Iceland. Iceland? Cool. Iceland. Oh. <laughs> What's been going on, Iceland? Well, um, he prayed over me a couple days ago, and I got back home, and I started, like, jumping up and down. <laughs> I couldn't stop, like, laughing, and I had, like, supernatural, like, joy. How old are you? Ten. Ten years old. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. What happened after all the supernatural joy and your mom saying, go to bed? <laughs> well, I fell asleep really good. I, couldn't, I didn't have any bad dreams. I've been having bad dreams since, and I didn't have any bad dreams. Have you had any since these meetings? No. And nor will you have any more in Jesus' name. What happened last night when I laid hands on you out in the hall? When everybody else had left and there was still a meeting going on out there? I fell on my knees and started crying. I never, and that never happened to me before. Thank you. What was God speaking to you? I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. Mm. She'll never be the same in Jesus' name. And God 
this is your child. Use her mightily in the name of Jesus with the wisdom she speaks forth now as a 10-year-old. Use this child greatly in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Every hand lifted, give him the glory. Father, we know it's your heart. Tell each and every one of us. Tell us. Reveal it. Make it so, so plain. We love you, Lord. We love hearing how much you love us, too. We cry out, Abba, Father. Tell us how much you love us. We love you. anybody particular for details I just I just had this quicken in my heart for sake of time in the course of these meetings since Saturday or Sunday morning or however many meetings you've been able to be in if last night was your first one whatever you can already say you've had a financial breakthrough you've already had a crazy supernatural El Shaddai breakthrough by sowing into these meetings let me hear somebody say amen if that's you Make sure the tithe. All right, you know what I'm saying. I'm saying. <laughs> I declare in Jesus' name to stop living from breakthrough to breakthrough. I declare in Jesus' name you are broken through. Results manifest in their hearts, in their minds, in their lives, in their marriages, in their homes, in their purses, in their wallets, in their bank accounts, in their businesses. I declare in Jesus' name, they're broken through. Tonight you came in, you had need of healing. Got a very short message for you that's going to turn your life upside down like a money changer's table. Ha ha! Oh, it's going to crack the whip in your heart. Glory to God and Holy Ghost doves are going to be flying all around this thing. We get so used to the man or woman that's up on the stage, would you pray for me? And that's fine. I understand that. I believe in the laying on of hands, obviously. But there's also times where I believe that God wants to go ahead and lay his hand on you right where you're at. And as we saw last night, there's times where you can lay hands on yourself. And I believe every time, get the faith for it. Something pops up. Don't sit there and go, all right, let's call out the Tylenol bottle. Hey, okay. If you're not there yet, Take the Tylenol. Listen, I'm not saying do this a long time. But if you have to, you continue to speak the word. You continue to say, I'm healed. Thumb your nose at the devil and say, sucker, I'm healed in Jesus' name. 
But there's got to be a time when you're not so codependent on the medicine and the bottle and everything. You've got to be completely dependent on the Word of God, which is your true medicine. And then there's times when you can go ahead and hook up to a Holy Ghost IV and start laughing. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. Because laughter does good like a medicine. Where the joy of the Lord is, there is my strength. Come on, the joy of the Lord is your strength. If somebody's laughing near you, I'm sorry that that irritates you, that somebody's getting stronger than you. But glory to God, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Hallelujah. Come on, and laughter does good like a medicine. And for some of you, 8 o'clock was medicine time. You should have taken your medicine by now. Ha, ha, ha. You may not feel like laughing, but sometimes it's okay. Ha, ha, ha. Well, I'm not going to fake it. If it isn't God, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to tell you right now, there's times you did not go to your work because you felt like going to work. So stop giving me what you feel like and start doing what you need to do. Laughter does good like a medicine. Glory to God. You think I feel like laughing all the time? You think I feel like waking up and I'm always joyful? I am for the most part. But I mean, there's times stuff hits me and I'm not feeling very happy. I don't feel happy when, you know, the kids act a certain way. I'm not happy when things aren't just flowing like, you know, it should flow. And and things, you know, people's schedules get all crazy and that messes up your schedule. There's times that just does not make me go, this is wonderful. That's when you got to look at the enemy anyway and look up to heaven both and go, ha, ha, ha. Even if you've got to do it by faith, there's something about starting out by faith like that, that all of a sudden you're like, whoo, something just dropped down on the ha, ha, inside of me. Ha, ha, ha. There was a guy that was diagnosed with brain cancer. And he was given very a very short amount of time to live, just months. And he says, well, what I'm going to do is go ahead and bring this young girl up here. What I'm going to do is go ahead and just rent a bunch of Three Stooges movies and some old black and white funny shows, you know, like Laurel and Hardy and all of this. And so all he did was he started laughing and watching these shows. He's like, hey, if I'm going out, I'm going out happy. He went and got diagnosed, re, uh, reassessed, uh, and they ran tests, and they said, we, get, we can't explain it, but the cancer has gone into a state where it's no longer growing. What are you doing? He says, I'm not doing anything. I'm just laughing a lot. <laughs> he says, well, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. So he kept doing it. Next thing you know, he went in. They could not find any tumors in his body at all. I said, laughter does good like a medicine. You may not feel like it, but honey, you better get your ha 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 going. What's happening here? I just feel really happy. That's actually very profound. Thank God you feel happy. Lift your hands. How old are you? Twelve. Twelve. Y'all believe God can use this age group at all? Lift your hands. Fire on her in the name of Jesus. What happened just now? He told me again. Now, I don't know 100%, but I'm pretty sure 99%, he might mean it. You going to do what God's called you to do? Yeah. What's that? I'll do anything. My God. Oh. Thank you, Jesus. 
my prayer is that that will be our heart as well. God, I'll do anything. <laughs> I'll do anything you ask me, Lord. I know that your heart is always going to be greater for me. And your interests in my life are always going to be greater for me than anything I could ever dream, think, or imagine. Hallelujah. Touch three people and go, ha, ha, ha. And you may be seated. Praise the Lord. Oh, that's starting to sound pretty good out there. I'm going to keep it up here because... You know what? Can you give that to Tammy? There she goes. Well, you put it on her seat there. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. How many of y'all glad you came tonight? Can you, did I tell you? I said Sunday morning. I said we're going to blink and we're going to be at Wednesday night. How many of y'all blinked? Does anybody feel like these went kind of fast? Praise the Lord. Well, how many of y'all want to go again tomorrow night? Okay, I'll be praying for you on the way home. No, I'm honored that you would say that. I feel the same way. I love this church. Again, I can't say enough about how much I love my blonde friends. And uh, I thank God for their hearts. I, I know that... Um, I know their heart is to see greater than they've ever seen before. And it's hard. I'm telling you, it's not easy to find the mass uh, uh, amount of people, pastors specifically, that feel like your pastors do. I'm telling you, you're blessed. I mean, we go everywhere. We minister everywhere, all over the world. But specifically in the United States, we always pray because um, we don't take all of our invitations. The reason why is because we don't always want to go and just do a Sunday morning and then just leave people at a height and then have them drop down again. There, there's got to be a building. As you've seen, every night it's increased. And uh, tonight is no different other than increase. Praise the Lord. But how many people came in tonight and you had pain, again, a lump, bump, growth, tumor, a pain, a, a situation in your body, whatever, and it's completely gone? Say amen. Okay, now I'm going to ask you to do that more boldly. Not that you, you know, I want to call you up or anything, but I do want to hear. You came in with something tonight. You were not feeling good. You were aching. You had pain, a lump, a bump, a growth, a tumor, like I've said before. And it's gone. It's disappeared. Say amen. Okay, see, that's a lot. This sister right here that's happy and clappy, what happened? Praise God. We rejoice with you. Hallelujah. Fire. Who else? You just want to give a quick testimony where you're seated. Yes, sir. Did you get it from San Antonio? Okay, he said he had a heel spur and he's been bothering you how long? A year. So what? 
Spurs hurt like if you just put any kind of weight or anything on it, right? Come over here, brother. Come on up here. Praise the Lord. Can I use one of you big guys right there? Yeah, right. Just stand right here because he's coming up here. Praise the Lord. Now, just for sake of stability, grab this man's hand right there. Okay. Ready? Jump off. You're healed, right? Healed in the name of Jesus. No pain. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Anybody else over here? Anybody? Yes, sir. Pain in the stomach? It kind of doubles you over. It's real crippling. How you doing now? Don't keep me waiting. In the name of Jesus. Go ahead and lay your hands right there. In the name of Jesus. Go! In the name of Jesus right there. Hallelujah. Come on, wave at me. You can feel that going right now, right? This is not unusual. We've had these testimonies all week. They get hit with the glory of God. Who else? One more, one more, uh, one more. There's a hand. Yes, sister. Thyroid condition for 12 years. This sister has been... Has been on medication and hasn't taken any since Monday morning. Thyroid condition completely healed. Hallelujah. Father, we come before your awesome presence. We thank you for all that you've done. I mean, countless, God, countless things that have happened. Things that we've heard about, testimonies we've heard, things that we haven't heard about. Lord, we just give you all the glory. Jesus, you're our Lord, you're our Savior, you are our King. And to you, we look to tonight. Holy Spirit, lead me, guide me, direct me. Speak through me boldly, unhindered and uninterrupted by any satanic, demonic or traditional religious force. I thank you that we have ears to hear in here tonight, hearts that are open to receive, eyes that will be enlightened to the truth of God's Word. And we thank you that we leave here different than the way we came in. Changed by the word and the spirit together. In the name of Jesus, thank you for revelation knowledge flowing freely tonight, Lord. Hallelujah. Ha, ha, ha. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Turn with me, if you would, to Revelation chapter 12. Thank you, Jesus. You all excited about the word of God? You know, it says heaven and earth will pass away, but my word never will. It is forever established. Why is that? Because things can pass away, but the word can recreate. And while I'm on that, let me just say this. God placed within us his Holy Spirit. He didn't just force it on you and I. He gave us the option to receive the Holy Spirit. And not just to receive him, but to be baptized and immersed in him. 
And he gave us the same spirit as we saw briefly last night. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead in Romans chapter 8 is the same spirit that quickens our mortal bodies. It's the same spirit that is on the inside of you and I. Our bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost. 1 Corinthians 3, 1 Corinthians 6. Paul had admonished the church at Corinth that your body is the house of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. So whenever somebody comes into a service and says, I didn't feel nothing, they just told on themselves. Let me come over here to the deaf mute section. <laughs> How can you not feel something when you have the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead on the inside of you? I said it before and nobody else brought him in, honey. You should have. But I'm telling you right now that we keep waiting so many times for the presence of God to manifest. That the presence of God would show up. He doesn't show up. He's always here. He is omnipresent. Let me show you something. Come back down over here. What's this, this fine gentleman's name? What's your first name? Mark. Mark, God bless you. How many people know who Mark is over here? Okay. All right. Several hands went up. Ooh, several police. All right, anyway. Just... Mark's hand went up. Now, here's the thing. Mark has been here the whole service. But because nobody pointed to the one who's been here the whole time, you may have thought that possibly he wasn't here. But see, now our focus is on the one who's been here the whole time. Jesus has been here the whole time. It's our job to put the focus on the one who's been here the whole time. Why? Because he's omnipresent. He's everywhere, all the time, all at once, there. He's even at places that you don't want to think he's at. He's in a strip club. He's in a crack house. He's in places called clubs. You don't want to believe that. But he's omnipresent. He's everywhere. It just doesn't mean he's getting the focus. But he's there. And honey, I'm going to tell you right now. Thank God he was there. Because some of us wouldn't be here if he wasn't there. Thank God when he comes up and he says to you, son, what are you doing here? And your prayer is, God, what are you doing here? So he's everywhere all the time, all at once. It's what Colossians says about setting our affections on things above, not on the things below. The power of God is here. The glory of God is here. The presence of God is here because he's here. Oh, hallelujah. Did you find Revelation chapter 12 yet? Praise the Lord. When you're there, say, I'm there. Thank God. I wore my black shoes tonight to prove the glory is here. Look at this. Revelation chapter 12 and verse 11. For sake of time, let's quickly read through this. Actually, yeah, verse 11. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. Whatever translation you have, let's read that together again. Ready, read. And they. <laughs> Hold on, Charlie Brown's teacher. All I heard was. <laughs> when you speak the word, he's given you his word. To speak it out of your mouth. 
as if it were your words. But you get the same authority and power that he gets. Come on, let me say that to you a little more clearly. When you speak God's word, which he gave you, he's given you the same spirit that Jesus walked on this earth with. He gives you his word. He gives you his spirit. And he actually lets you have his words as you take control of them and make them your own. We know it's God's word, but I become a living epistle by making it my word now. So when I speak God's word, the devil can't tell if it's you speaking it or God speaking it. Let's read this together again. Ready? Read. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Stop right there. I'm going to go ahead and fast forward and assume everybody here does not love their life unto the death. Okay? There's two main factors involved in your powerful walk on this earth. The first one is, how does one overcome? Well, number one, it's by the blood of the Lamb. Thank God the hardest part was already done. You don't have to shed your blood. You don't have to take a crown of thorns on your head. You don't have to take stripes on your back. You don't have to die a gruely death hanging on a cross anymore. You and I don't have to bleed to get power. Jesus Christ bled his blood, shed his blood, and because of that automatically set you and I up as overcomers. But there's a second part here. It's not just the blood of Jesus. Thank God that sets you up. But he needs your mouth. He needs our mouth. As we know that we're overcomers by the blood of the Lamb, we often forget that the word of our testimony has anything to do with completing the fact that we're overcomers. If we just stay with the blood of Jesus, which is so all-powerful, we understand that. It's omnipotence. It's all powerful. We understand that. Without the blood, your words mean nothing. But this is what's awesome. Because of the blood of Jesus, our words now do mean something. But if all we do is rely on the blood of the Lamb, we'll sovereignly be waiting for God to come down and heal us. As long as we just rely on the blood of the Lamb, we won't even care what words we say out of our mouth. We'll just expect God to already do something. He's already done it 2,000 years ago on the cross. Ain't nothing going to change about that. Everything is done. No matter what your body's telling you, it's lying. You're healed right now. No matter what your wallet says, it's lying. You're healed right now. The blood of the Lamb has already created this power in your life to be an overcomer in your health, in your wealth. Come on, in your family, at your job, with your kids. Come on, you're already an overcomer. All he's wanting now is for you to begin to speak that stuff out of your mouth. It can't get any easier. He gave you his son's blood, shed his son's blood, and then turned around and gave you his words in your mouth. That's all we got to do. All we got to do is speak his word. You don't have to do anything but breathe and speak his word. So all of a sudden, I'm dealing with sickness. You better get up out of my body in Jesus' name. 
Thank God for hands being laid on us. But there's other hands you can lay on yourself. Yours. I'm going to talk to you a little bit tonight about your testimony. Most of us in here have a testimony to some degree. My wife has an amazing testimony. You don't hear this very often, but thank God I believe that's increasing. Her testimony isn't that she came up out of the world. Her testimony is she never went into it. Thank God. Except for that one dude. Now listen. I'm over it. Can't even listen to Journey without her going, oh, yeah. No, I'm teasing. <laughs> you better shut them open arms up, buddy. <laughs> but so now, our testimony is usually I go through some junk, I get set free of some junk, and now I'm delivered of some junk. Now I give you my testimony. Praise God for that. There's nothing wrong with that. But I'm going to tell you right now. What if your testimony started before you ever... What if your testimony started before you ever saw the manifestation of what you're testifying about? Come on, I know this isn't popular, but it's still the word of God. How do I overcome as an overcomer if Jesus looks at us as victorious and overcomers and triumphant? How am I going to wait until I get my stuff taken care of? How about I just start making my testimony now by whose stripes I am healed? I thank you, Lord, every need is met according to your riches and glory. I'm more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Come on, when you start to declare those things ahead of time, the joy of the Lord is is my strength and you got tears coming down your face come on you've got things that are coming against you that are negative and bad but you keep standing up and saying i can do all things through christ who strengthens me when you start making your testimony on this side of things you'll start having the manifestation of the thing you're waiting to testify about he overcame them by the blood of the lamb that's his part You have overcome by the blood of the Lamb already. But once you start lining up your mouth and this word to your situation, your situation now lines up to your testimony. Let me give you some scripture about that. All right, turn with me to 1 John chapter 4. Is this all right tonight? I want to thank both of you. That was kind. First John chapter 4, I believe that's in the New Testament. Dear God, it better be. First John chapter 4 and verse 4 says, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Overcome them. You have overcome them. You are of God, little children, and have overcome. Have overcome. Have overcome. No matter what you face, you have overcome them. No matter what attacks you, you have overcome them. No matter what tries to rise up against you, you have overcome them. No matter what symptoms come against you, you have overcome them. I'm sorry I'm more excited about it than you are, but God already looks at you because of Him being your God and you being His little children. No matter what comes against you, you You have overcome. Past tense. Past tense. That means it's already done. I, as his little child, have already overcome them. Why? Because greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. (laughs) 
There is nothing that will ever be greater that you face than God Almighty that's in your belly. Come on. Well, you don't know what I've been facing, brother. I know who you haven't been facing. Come on now. Because whenever somebody comes up to me, and they always do, and they're precious. I love people. I really do. I, I can't stand it when preachers would say, you know, ministry would be just wonderful if it weren't for the people. <laughs> well, then go lay hands on your dog. I don't know what you... Well, let's just leave that alone, Joe. Inside Joe. Ha, <laughs> yeah, okay. Before I get too far into this thing, I want you to know, thank God for you. I don't know how drunk we're going to be by the end of this thing in just a few minutes, but thank God for you. We have been honored to be here and to minister and to pour out to you. I'll be honest with you, I'm still so loaded, I haven't even hit the surface of what's in me. But thank God I've been able to get some of this out this week, and I trust you'll never be the same. Tammy and I, thank God we love you. So let's move on, because what I'm about to say is about to hurt. All right, now. If God is in you, why would anything that's in this world ever think about being greater than the one that's in you? Because the devil knows that the greater one's in you, but he doesn't know if you know that yet. Greater is he, say it with me, greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world. So no matter what happens on this earth, you've already overcome it. That means no matter what giant rises up against you, it already came into this thing knowing it's defeated. No matter what symptom tries to jump on your body, already knows it cannot stay in your body. The one who knows they're an overcomer is the one that has a relationship with the greater one that's on the inside of them because they're already overcome. I am a little child. You are a little child. And guess what? We have already overcome. Why? Because of the blood of the Lamb. And all He's waiting on is for your mouth to catch up. Man, when people say to me, how you doing? I always tell them I'm doing wonderful. I'm doing great. I'm blessed. It's not religious. They're giving me an opportunity to tell them what's up. Uh, the, the waitress came to our table the other night and she said, hey, how y'all doing? Let me interpret. I'm trying to be nice so I get a good tip. Oh, sorry, she's there. Oh, my God, I'm so embarrassed. Sorry, honey. No, she came up to me. She's all bubbly and it's exciting to see other people that are excited. They really, she seemed like she really was concerned. How are y'all doing? And I looked up at her and I went... Do you have a minute? <laughs> Caught her so off guard, she was like, I ain't got no time for this. I said, I'm just messing, just messing. Word of knowledge flows all the time when you start realizing who's on the inside of you. Yes, I know it's a gift, but then also what we call word of knowledge a lot of times is just hearing as a believer from the Spirit of God, which is normal and natural. I was at a Hobby Lobby one time with my wife, and we were going through, and uh, yes, it was her choice. I drove, I paid, I did not have a good time at all, but anyway, we... <laughs> Look, honey, everything's 50% off. I went, look, honey, everything's 200% marked up. (laughs) 
Look at this frame. It was $5,000. Now it's $2,500. We've got to get it. Greater is he that is in me. It's not that bad. She's very frugal and she's a good shopper. We go in. It's about the word of your testimony. Glory to God. Say it here before you see it there. Anyway. And so we get there and we're at there and this young girl's checking us out and she's doing all of this. And I said, make sure we get all our change back. Don't want you skimming off the top anymore. Just was teasing. You can't always tease, especially when you operate in this. And she looked at me and stopped and got mad and goes, why would you say something like that? I'm like, you better watch out. I'll spank you like your mother. Don't talk talk to me like that. (laughs) I was just playing. She says, seriously, why would you say that? This is getting good. I'm spitting all over the place. I said, I'm okay. It's cool. Just give us your change, you know. We had to go back in a couple of days later to return something because we found out that we didn't get 50% off. And so she didn't want it. We returned it. And the manager came up to me and says, uh, hey, aren't you Pastor Jay from down at Rama?" And I said, yeah, why? I overheard what you said to that young girl. And I said, I was just teasing. I hope there's no problem. I didn't mean for there to be any. No, he goes, no. He said, we overheard you, and we've been watching her. We couldn't prove it, but we've been watching her. And right after that, we put cameras specifically on her register. He said, because of you, we found out who's the one that's been stealing off the top. We would like to give you a $100 credit. I said, there's your 50% off. So again, say this with me, greater is he that is in me than he that's in this world. Why? Because you're an overcomer. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I've only got a couple of minutes here, but I want to get this out because I want you to see the power of your testimony being on this side instead of waiting until you have a testimony over here. I went through some junk. I got set free of some junk. Now here's my testimony. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. That's wonderful. But what if you start your testimony right here before you actually see any manifestation like by whose stripes I am healed now? I know I've got a bunch of debt. I made some mistakes. I've repented. Father, forgive me. I've been tithing. I've been sowing. Now, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I command this debt to be supernaturally paid off. I call this debt supernaturally paid off and start declaring it. And as you begin to declare it on this side, things begin to catch up on this side. Instead of waiting until you've got the testimony to give it, why don't you start declaring like a person of faith, like an overcomer, like somebody who's got the greater one on the inside of them and begin to declare your life as you see it fit, as the Word of God says, the Zoe kind of life. Well... When we were facing foreclosure, that was not comfortable. It was around the 9-11 time. All of a sudden, churches everywhere that had us booked before we were ever on staff at Ramah began to call us and say, well, it's not good right now for us to have a guest speaker in. Okay. All of a sudden, our finances began to really suffer. We tightened up as much as we could, but we had expenses like everybody else. We were a young you know, 
very, very young. I mean, we're young now. I mean, extremely young kids. And all of a sudden, we got behind a payment and another payment. And you're trying to pay partial payment. You're trying to get this thing taken care of. And all of a sudden, you're in this pit you can't get out of. It's amazing. If you study out the word mortgage, it actually means death trap. It does. The root word. Mort gauge. Death trap. Study it out. I know it's funny, but it ain't to me. That's why I don't like traps. I don't like, I don't like mortgages. I mean, I understand. That's fine. But... You know, pay it off quick. And so here, I'm in this foreclosure situation. And, you know, I'm asking the Lord. I'm saying, Lord, what do, what do I need to do here? I, I mean, we needed roughly, with those four months, we were getting letters. We were getting calls. You know, those nice people that call. Hi, how are you? It's never like that. They send the most brutal bounty hunters they have to call and to come by and knock on the door. It was so funny. One day I was, I was out at our office where we had at that time. My wife called me from the home phone and says, they're knocking on the door. What do I do? I said, who's knocking on the door? They're trying to tell. It was bad. I'm not making light of it, but this was, this was funny. This blessed me. She goes, what do I do? I'm here by myself. I'm like, those turkeys. I said, well, whatever you have in your heart, you can open the door or you can just let them bang on the door. It's up to you. I'm on the phone and she goes, you better get out of here. I got a gun. I didn't know who she was talking to. I hung up and started running. I didn't know what was going on. Well, long story short, it's one of those things that brings you as a man to your knees. You feel like a failure. You feel like some worthless she didn't need to marry me, but she did. And look at what I'm doing. You know, things, the devil's right there with his arm around you, consoling you, going, you are a real funny thing, aren't you? You're a loser. I know. I know. And the Lord said to me, he says, I want you to get up and I want you to start worshiping me and calling those things that be not as though they were. Romans chapter four. I said, well, what exactly does that mean? Here I am, a Rama graduate. All of a sudden, now I'm facing real life. Bible school doesn't matter now. It's what's in my heart that does matter. And he says, you got to start calling those things that be not as though they were. You start calling your house paid for and paid off. And he says, every time you go to take the trash out, I want you to go lay hands on your house and call it paid off and paid for. And he says, you continue to tithe and you continue to sow. That's what he told us. He says, because what you have now is not enough to catch you up. He says, trust me with what you have and then I can entrust you with what I have. And so here now, I go out and take it. It was after every church service. I go and I take the trash out. We had a little Jewish uh, gentleman that lived across the street. Beautiful salt and pepper beard and big hair. Just a beautiful, he was a sweet man, but he never talked to me. He only glared at me through his window. Somebody says, well, how do you know he was Jewish? Well, he always had those little orange candles burning in his, his window. And his office was always right there in the front. So I would always see that glow of him on his computer there when I'd take the trash out. And then when I would go, I'd go up to my house and I'd lay hands on it and I'd say, in the name of Jesus, I command my house that is paid for and paid off. And then I'd look behind me and I'd see the curtains go, whoop. Every time I went to lay hands on my house, that man was looking at me, watching me lay hands on my house. Like, what is he doing? 
There's stuff God will have you do that doesn't make sense to you or your neighbor. But then all of a sudden, God speaks to one person. One person obeying God can change your life forever. I always encourage you to be that one person in somebody's life, no matter what level it is, so that you can sow seed for that one person in your life when you need it. All of a sudden, we get a call. And you heard this story last night. A businessman says, God told me to give you a house. I said, I know he did. Praise God. He said, how soon can you sell your house? We put it on the market and we had a struggle with it. Not because of it was a horrible market. It was just some craziness. You know, you only need one buyer. How hard can it be? That was my philosophy. So we call in that one buyer right now in the name of Jesus. We got the asking price we needed, but we were fought. The devil did not like the fact that he did not get us. Why? Because we changed our testimony to, oh my God, what are we going to do? To, I call this house. Paid for and paid off. And in the middle of a recession, God raised up a businessman who didn't even like me. And gave us a brand new house. You better shout anyway. Come on now. Because when you're doing what God's called you to do, he'll even cause your enemies to bless you. So if you don't like me in here, you better get your checkbook out right now. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13, Paul said this, We having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. I know what you believe by what's coming out of your mouth. I know you're taught well in this area, but I'm not so sure the revelation has been as powerful as it's coming for tonight as speaking about what you want in your life as if it's so now instead of waiting until it happens to start telling about how good God is. He already told you in past tense, you have overcome. You are an overcomer. That means no matter what you face, I don't care what giant rises up against you. The revelation God gave me about this and I told the gentleman on Saturday, it's just a giant. God told me this in prayer and he says, why are you trembling at what you're facing? He said, it's only a giant. Somebody's getting it. It may be big to you, but compared to God, he's looking at it and going, why are you getting upset at that thing? It's just a giant. You know how big you got to be to call something small that's a giant? And if he's in you, oh, come on now. If the greater one is on the inside of you, then that means the big one's on the inside of you. And no matter what giant in the world is rising up against you, I don't care if you're four foot eight. I don't care if you're six foot ten. The greater one's on the inside of you. And no giant can ever be greater than him because you're an overcomer. He can't be greater than you. The one who knows they're an overcomer always wins every time. You need to start speaking it ahead of time. You need to start saying, thank you, Lord. My house is paid for and paid off. How many people right now want to go lay hands on their house? Come on. How many are going to go lay hands on your car? Your car. Your car. Hallelujah. Your car. Thank you, Lord, for this new car. It's mine. And somebody's going to come out and say, could you get off my Mercedes, please? It's like, I'm only letting you drive it for a couple weeks and it's mine. I like what this says here in verse 13. We having the same spirit of faith. Same spirit of faith as who? This ought to get you excited. Same spirit of faith as Paul. Same spirit of faith as Peter. 
Ready to shout? Same spirit of faith as Jesus. If you and I have the same spirit that they had, we automatically can have the same results that they got. How many of y'all remember what it says in Mark chapter 11? And Jesus is walking with his disciples. And as he's walking with his disciples, he sees afar off a fig tree. The leaves were green, which was symbolic of the fact that this was the season and time of the year when it's bearing fruit. But when he got to the fig tree, Jesus is smart. He would not go to a fig tree that didn't have something that was going to feed him. He's got better things to do than to drag the disciples over to a tree that's supposed to feed him and there be no figs on it. Word of knowledge operates in his life, but unfortunately at this point, it wasn't something he had tapped into. But yet on the other hand, he was going by the natural. He saw the fig tree. He saw the green leaves. Let's go get me something to eat. I'm hungry. You don't ever, even if it's the son of God, don't mess with a man's food. I like your shirt. It says stud muffin. (laughs) Can I carry you for a second? Just pretend you're on my golf team. (laughs) Basketball team. All right, now. (laughs) When Jesus came up to the fig tree, what did he find? No figs. None. What did that make him do? That made him upset, but he didn't sin. I hope you find your parents. (laughs) He said, I... Were you coming to get your your boy, or did you want me to hold you too? (laughs) He said, I command... And curse this fig tree and no man will ever eat from it again. Like I said, don't mess with a man and his food. Why did he do that? Jesus came to fulfill the law and redeem us from the curse. You understand. But things that are cursed, all he was doing was showing that the thing that was supposed to be feeding him did not serve him. And the thing that was supposed to serve him did not serve him, therefore a curse was on it. There are things in our lives, hear me very clearly, you should have gotten an inheritance, but you didn't get the inheritance. You should have gotten the raise, but you didn't get the raise. You should have gotten that, that, that next promotion, but you didn't get that promotion. So guess what? I know it was supposed to serve you. I know you were supposed to be paid back. I know you were supposed to have this and that and the other. I'm sorry it did not work out. But guess what? Move on. That thing brought a curse on itself. You're blessed. Don't hang out at the cursing. You're blessed. But when he cursed the fig tree, he was using his mouth on this side and he was looking at that fig tree. And when he said, I curse it, nothing happened on the outside. Hear this tonight. We having the same spirit of faith, we believe, therefore we speak. We overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. When he looked at that tree, nothing seemed to be happening. But Jesus walked on 
as if he knew something was happening. The disciples, we know, looked at it and were wondering, what did he curse? Nothing happened. Says the next day as they were walking by, we'll just say the fig tree's over here where the camera is. They're walking by. I need somebody that'll play Jesus again. Is there somebody that's got this nailed down? Is there anybody here that, that, that has done this already and has got it down? Okay, yes, sir, I see you. Come here. The good thing is, he's been growing out his beard since Sunday. I know, come on now. Praise the Lord. Your tunic's a little short, but that's okay. Now listen. Give me 11 other guys up here on, this, on the youth. 11 guys. Yes, come on. All right. Give me, give me 11 other guys. There's always All right. Right here. 11 other guys. I will be the 12th, and I am not Judas. Here he comes. All right, now. Can you be one of the guys? Can you be one of the guys? All right, so what do we got? We got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. We need three more, right? Is that how that works? There's one more. Praise the Lord. Disciple Mac. The Apostle Joe. Who else? Who else do we have? All right, right there. We got to have James. He's got a wonderful gospel. All right, now. Jesus already cursed the fig tree, but we as the disciples are like, whoa, what's that all about? Nothing happened. Now begin to walk very slow because I got to speak on this. Yeah, very slow. Probably slower. Just. No, that's good. Maybe slower, but that's good. Okay, now Jesus is walking and who's our leader? Who's our leader? Who are we following? Who's teaching us? Whose word do we believe? Who is the word? Now, as we're following him as disciples, here we go. We're following and we look on purpose over at the fig tree because we're still messed up with the words he spoke ahead of time, calling it curse and nothing seemed to happen. But Jesus has other things to do than just to say erroneous words and nothing happened. But when we didn't see anything happen, we were going by the external. And because we didn't see anything happen in the external, we were now shocked at who are we following because nothing seemed to happen when he spoke it. But then we look over now and we see the fig tree is withered and we just pretend to walk just like that. Just right where you're at. Just start right there. Just there you go. Try not to, there you go. As Jesus is walking, we as all the disciples look over at the fig tree and we go, (gasps) You better get more shocked than that. We got to be like, Come on, people are taking pictures. This is going to be on Facebook. Okay, I hope that one doesn't make it. Now, See, doesn't that look like he's walking? That's awesome. All right, now. I, with the other disciples, now stop following Jesus. Don't miss this. Because I'm distracted with my own doubt and unbelief. 
Jesus is my leader. He's my Messiah. I'm supposed to be following him. But yet I stopped following him to marvel at something I had a hard time with yesterday. Now I see the fruit and results of the tree being withered that he cursed. Now all of a sudden I'm a believer, but not really. I just confirmed the fact that I was a doubter. So my testimony needs to be on this side of the fig tree and not on this side of the fig tree. Jesus spoke what he believed and he cursed that fig tree. It withered up, but we didn't see anything happen immediately. So we all were like, what is he talking about? Come on, it's just confusion. You know, like, what, 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 what? All right. Hashtag crazy. All right. Now. Don't post that. Let's give him a chance. And then when we see the fig tree, we're like, I'm the only one doing it. Okay. Now, this is doubting Thomas. He's just doubting whether or not he should do it. Anyway, I'm just kidding. But I, through my unbelief and my doubt, I now see the result. So what do I do? <gasps> what he said, work, guys. Did you see that? Look, look at the fig. This is, oh, it's crazy. I know. All right, now. I stop Jesus from leading me by going, master. Now, don't do this, okay? All right? Do not look at what I point at because he didn't. All right? You're walking. Come on, do it a little faster. Like we're not. All right, he's walking. He's walking. We see this. Oh. <gasps> Master, turn and look at us. The fig tree, the fig tree that you cursed, look, it withered, it worked. He never does look. Why does he never look? Because he already knew what he said he had. But the problem is, I stopped my leader from moving, who I should have been following. For me to give him revelation of something he already knew. The testimony was when he walked up on that fig tree and said, no man will leap from this thing ever again. That was the testimony. But because we say ahead of time, I command this pain to go. I command these symptoms to leave. I command this doctor's report to turn around. I command the cancer to go. I command this house to be paid for and paid off in Jesus' name. And then you rejoice and laugh and celebrate as if it's so. People are going to look at you crazy. Unfortunately, 12 to 1 are going to think you're crazy. But when they see your manifestation of you got a house... What's she talking about? How did you get a house? I thought you had stage 18 cancer. How did you make it out? They gave you two seconds to live. One, one thousand, one. And now you, you're healed. How does that happen? I'm sorry, but you got your eyes on the fig tree. Now, this is what Jesus does. He turns back around and he points up. And he says, here, you got to point up right here. Like this. Right here. Okay. okay. Look how cool that hair is. No, that's not what he said. All right. That's not what he said. That's not what he said. It's not, it's not in the Bible. All right. Now, he, he's pointing up after he looked back at us and he tried to get us to start following his lead again. He took our eyes off of our doubt and unbelief and he created a greater revelation of saying, if anyone will say unto this mountain... 
be thou removed and be cast into the sea and doesn't doubt in his heart, but believes that those things that he says, he will have whatsoever he says. Jesus didn't have to look back at a withered fig tree. He already knew it was done. That's why I'm telling you. I know you should have got the promotion. I know you should have gotten the raise. I know Aunt Betty should have paid you back. But she didn't pay you back. I'm sorry. Move on. There's mountains you got to move. Stop hanging out at the fig tree. He says you can move mountains. It says three times as much saying emphasized as believing in that scripture. You know that. If anyone shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and doesn't doubt in his heart, but believes that those things that he says, they shall come to pass the things that he says. There's three times as much emphasis on believing as there are on saying as there is believing. So the thing is, I know you're a believer. I'm not I'm not negating that. I'm not even questioning that. I'm not even confronting that. I'm confronting that mouth of yours. The devil needs to go around and start talking about what a big mouth you have. I said, the devil needs to go around talking about what a big mouth is on you. Why? Because greater is he that is in me. Your mouth has got to be bigger than the problem. Your mouth has got to be bigger than the circumstance. Your mouth has got to be bigger than the symptom. Your mouth has got to be bigger than the disease. Somebody in here ought to get a big mouth on them. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Come on, give it up for Jesus and his disciples. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Mm. In closing with this, in Mark chapter 5, we looked at that earlier on Sunday. Y'all getting anything tonight? It's important when I engage with an audience that whether I'm teaching or preaching, I, I don't know if you know that there's always, there's always meat with the heat with me. I don't want to just throw out something. Everybody scream. Ah. I want you to know why you're shouting. There's times when you just don't know what to say. You, you just got it pent up on the inside of yourself. And there's just nothing better than a good down-home shout. Just something about shouting. The devil even knows about the shout and the power of your shout. That's why he perverts it when you shout at your spouse or you shout at your employees or you shout at your kids and you just you're shouting with a, a negative connotation what would happen if we got the shout back the way God wanted us to have it where you're shouting because you've got the victory it doesn't make sense when a doctor comes to you and says there's something wrong with you and you go ha! it's interesting how long have you had that it's the worst case of Tourette's I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Brother, it's just not my personality to shout. It sure was your personality when you were born, honey. Some of the doctors didn't even have to spank some of you. And you were just... We need to come back and be like little children. There's got to be a time when you know how to shout because the walls are already down.
I know we've gone over nine o'clock. Bless our hearts. Oh my God. Hello. <laughs> Seriously. I do not care. Do not call. Sorry, that's on your lens. But, you know, if you wipe it off real quick, it won't. Don't be calling. And, and you know, it's the same people that want you to come at 3 o'clock in the morning when they are, they're suffering with some kind of heart attack or seizures. And you're like, I'm giving you what you need right now to live a prosperous life head to toe in your health, in your wealth. Come on now. Maybe we're tired and working doubles because we only give God a certain amount of time and that we're not willing to just be here and be open and get soaked. These are not meetings that happen like this all the time. But I have seen in my heart, and we're going to talk about some things, I believe with all of my heart, Boise's not done with the revival that was birthed here this week. I really don't. I've seen... I have seen media coverage about what's going to be happening in this house. This ain't a Jay and Tammy revival. This ain't a Mark and Amy revival. It's a revival of the Holy Ghost and God the Father and Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you right now, it's time that Boise got noisy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I understand some people have to go to work and that's fine. But dear God, let me just help you with this. Mark chapter 5. Jesus is on his way to see Jairus, or on his way, actually, with the multitude following him when Jairus comes up, the ruler of the synagogue, beseeching him and says, my daughter is at home at the point of death. She's got sickness. She's got disease. She's there dying right now. Would you come and lay your hands on her and heal her? Jesus said, absolutely, I will come and I will lay my hands on her and heal her. Now, this is what's amazing is this ruler of the synagogue does not have cell phones, does not have a pager does not have uh, email there's no way to you know these two-way radios that you know that they can just call ahead so when j iris left his home follow this he left his beloved dying daughter 12 years of age possibly could die while he's at, out getting jesus think about the emotion dad when we saw Cassidy raised from the dead, our youngest girl, uh, there's just something that shoots through you when you hear her flatline that you don't ever want to hear ever in your life. There's something on the inside of you that all of heaven begins to rise up and says, not my daughter, but your mind is still going, but maybe. If it's not renewed, there's that part the devil messes with and says, Maybe. But thank God she's alive. J. Iris didn't have that luxury of knowing that when he left the house, she actually died by the time he was en route to get Jesus. How do you know? Because they sent a messenger to catch up with dad to tell him to not mess with the master any further. Your daughter, she passed away. As a dad, wouldn't that just make you just kind of go, but why? This woman with the issue of blood who stopped you and we stopped to hear all of this and this is your daughter and her, her faith made her whole. If she hadn't stopped you, would there have been enough time that we would have made it back to my house to heal my daughter? But Jesus does everything also through seed time and harvest. I'll show you in just a minute. He immediately says in Mark chapter 5 to, her, to him, to the ruler of the synagogue, Jairus... Fear not. Believe. She's not dead. 
He changed the testimony. Oh, come on. Before he ever saw the daughter, he just heard the same news that Jairus heard. But instead, he changed it because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Jesus spoke the word. He testified something different. Why? I'm going to show you, Jairus, how to become an overcomer. Because greater is he that is in us than he that's in this world. She is not dead. She lives. Gets to his house. Don't you know he's excited? There was enough time for the professional mourners to be there. Part of their culture was to have a celebration of death. Isn't that sad? The mourners are in the house and they're already celebrating the child's death. That's what they did. They were professional mourners. And I'm going to show you why they were professional mourners and it wasn't in their heart. Because when Jesus came on the scene, he said, the daughter's not dead. She's simply asleep. They all who were mourning began to laugh him to scorn. I'm sorry, if you're really upset, that should have made you excited what he just said. So what does he do? He kicks out all of the doubt and unbelief and those that were celebrating death. And when he walked in, he took the mom and dad, because you know mom and dad want to see their baby live again. And said, Talithi kumai, which means daughter arise. And took her by the hand and the daughter who was dead actually lined up to the testimony of what Jesus said over here. Where he said, she's not dead, but she's asleep. Your daughter liveth. Come on now. Before he ever saw the fruit, he was speaking the word. Before he ever saw her raise again, he was speaking the word. He was calling those things that be not as though they were. Oh, and when she came up, how old was the daughter? Anybody know in here? The daughter was 12 years of age. I got to do this one last time. You're getting better. Close up on my shoes, though. Oh, those are socks. Anyway, just kidding. I almost fell over. She was 12 years old. It wasn't that the woman with the issue of blood was 12 years old. It was that she had an issue of blood for 12 years. And Jesus knew if he could take this daughter and heal her issue of blood of 12 years, he knew he could take this man's daughter and raise her up of 12 years. Your testimony should always be that of what you want to see manifest. And it shouldn't be something you wait until you have it manifest. The devil would love to confuse us and say, don't you say that you're healed until you're not. That's false testimony and false witness. No, it's not. Because the word says you're healed. Are you lying? No, you're speaking the truth. So if that's the truth and this report is saying I'm sick, then guess what is actually considered a lie? 
Am I denying that it's factual? No, absolutely not. Am I denying that there's some kind of weirdness on the, on the, the MRI and, the, and your x-ray? No, absolutely not. I'm denying it's right to be in my body because it's a lie. I'm healed. I'm set free. I'm delivered. I have the greater one on the inside of me. And if there's a greater one on the inside of you, God the Father, then anything that's in this world cannot move in. Like I said last night, you've got to start giving your eviction notice to the enemy and kick out of your body what doesn't need to belong there you need to give an eviction notice and start saying you got to get out of my finances in the name of jesus when the children of israel were walking after joshua joshua led them in joshua chapter 6 up to the town or the city of jericho which had walls all around it and you know this story he goes up and he says to all of those following him kids children Israelites, shut your mouth. Now, this almost sounds like it goes against what I'm saying until you hear the finished revelation of this. There's sometimes where you've got to practice the language of silence till you can learn the right language to speak. Sometimes you've got to stop saying the stuff that's going on and stop being a CNN reporter about your life, which means constant negative news, and you've got to start dictating what's going on in your life. If things are coming against you, don't pray like this. I've been around people that pray like this. Oh, God. You know that I'm facing all of this stuff in my body. And I am, he's glad you're, you're confirming that because he needs confirmation. <laughs> you know that if I don't pay this bill this month, I'm going to go into foreclosure. You know this. And you, he does know this. He does know this. He's not wanting you to report to him in your prayer life all that the devil is trying to get attention for. He knows what's going on in your life. He's not looking for you to spend all your prayer time whining about the things that the devil's wanting glory for. Otherwise, the devil's got your prayer life. Honey, you need to go in there. And I know it sounds like you're faking it till you make it. But when you realize you didn't make it on your own, you already made it because of Jesus. You ain't faking nothing. This other stuff's faking it in your life, trying to get you to give it glory when God's the one who gets all the glory. Now watch this. There's so many people that sing what I call a hee-haw hymn when they're in their time of desperation and their prayer life sounds like this. Maybe you can help me. Maybe you You've prayed it. Doom, despair, and agony on me. I know nobody in here's ever dealt with that, but just for the, the sake of the people watching, hee haw. Doom, despair, and agony on me. Deep, dark depression and excessive misery. If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Doom, despair, and agony on me. I can't tell you how horribly convicted I am even singing that song. Is <laughs> Cleansed. Cleansed. 
There go some hee-haw fans upset. My bad. Now listen. I'm here to see revival. I'm not here to patty cake with religion. So when you start saying that, how's that working for you, Dr. Phil? How is being negative to God working? How about you spend your prayer life either on your knees or on your face thanking Him that you're victorious, that you're healed, that you're more than a conqueror, that this stuff will not phase you, it will not affect you. How about you start saying, I will live and not die. I will declare the wonderful works of the Lord. How about we get to that place to where things like that are not affecting us, we're affecting it. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. I've got to say this too. You know I love you. And some things are sometimes really harsh to people that are easily offended. I'm not here to offend anybody. But Jesus wasn't either. And there's times when he spoke the truth that it made people look at their life and go... What's wrong with the way I believe? Why am I not getting any results? And that's that I'm telling you right there. It can rock a person if they feel like what they've been believing all these years isn't working. Do not wait years and years and years believing something without seeing the results. Start looking at what you really believe and then ask yourself, am I speaking in line with the word of God to see the results that I need now? Is that fair? Y'all need a group hug? Lift your hands all over this place. Thank you, Jesus. If you've been healed in here tonight or any of the other services, I I mean, just in any way, you've received your miracle. You've received a financial blessing, a financial miracle, a breakthrough in your finances, in your body, in your mind, in your life, in your home. I want to hear with a shout of amen if this has been your revival where you've had that happen. Before I turn it over to Pastor Mark, I'm going to tell you right now. The power of God is just sweeping through here right now. The glory of God is in manifestation. If you would, just lift your hands all over this place and receive. I was in healing school one time and I began to speak about the rain and I began to see a mist in the place. Now, I'm not, I'm not one to chase external spectacular manifestations, but I'm not one to deny them either. I don't always know everything. That's why I'm always safe by always just giving God all the glory. And when I was ministering, and I said, I see a mist, there was a young lady, actually a pastor in Nevada, her daughter, their daughter, said that growing up in this sometimes can be a little skeptical. She said, I lifted up my hands and I couldn't believe what I was feeling. I looked at my hands and there was dew all over my hands. I lift my hands up again and this mist would come on my hands. Well, it's not so that her hands would become misty or dewy. It was the glory was there. And she was healed of a very serious situation. Praise the Lord. (laughs) There was another time during healing school. I was about to close it. And I know people love to rush you with their time. You haven't really done that. And I I thank God for that. You're hungry. You're hungry. You're, You're tired of the way things have been. You want more. You know there's more. Can I get an amen? Is that right? You want more? 
I was about to close. I knew we were playing beat the clock. And I said, I just can't get away from this one thing. Had I shut it down five minutes early, this miracle wouldn't have happened. Somebody says, well, you don't know that. Well, I do know that it wouldn't have happened through me. Because I would have had to have left. I said, there's somebody with severe pain on the top of their foot. And it's right at the hinge of your foot. Uh, you've had, I just, you're in severe pain. And we can't go without without praying for you. I said, who is that? This lady came off to the side, hobbling up, precious lady, partner of our ministry to this day. And you'll see why. (laughs) She had accidentally spilled scalding hot water on her foot four days prior. It ate off all the skin on the top of her foot. It was such a deep burn. I think it was a third degree burn that she had to have a skin graft. The doctor Uh, You would know the doctor's name in Tulsa. He had to have her scheduled for a skin graft. She was scheduled for a skin graft to keep gangrene and any infection from entering into her body. Hear me. As she came up, you could see this bloody wrap on her foot. And she began to unwrap this wrap. And she says, something's happening. She goes, there's a heat and a warmth, but it's not pain anymore. All the pain's left. And I said, what's happening? I laid hands on her and she began to unwrap that thing and looked down and began to see new skin forming on her foot. She gave us permission to give her testimony on a local television program there in Tulsa. And we had the before and after pics. The doctor is amazed. The doctor is a believer. He said, this is beyond a shadow of a doubt, the greatest creative miracle I've ever seen in all of my practice. He said, this was done by God Almighty. He said, you don't have any scars or any effects. Even your deep tissue is like brand new baby skin. Oh. And so I had her begin to shout before she took that wrap off. Because sometimes you don't have the right words and it's just something on the inside of you that just makes you want to shout. Even the world wrote a song about it. It just makes me want to shout. Come on down and hands up and shout. Come on, even the world has better worship services than us sometimes. You know, now listen. When they got to the walls of Jericho, he told them to be quiet. But on the seventh time around, they gave a mighty shout. Don't you know, after walking around miles around a city that's supposed to be yours and a wall that's keeping you out and you're walking around it like it's still yours and you're walking around not knowing how the walls are going to come down. You're walking around not knowing how you're going to possess this thing that God says is yours. But there's just some things you can't possess unless you learn how to shout. There's just some things I said you can't learn to possess until you learn how to shout. There's some people going through some stuff right now that they're facing a very terminal situation. You're facing a hard situation. You're facing maybe foreclosure or a car being repossessed. Or you don't know how your job's ever going to turn around. You may be facing stuff in your life right now that whenever you go to tell your boss, thank you for allowing me to be in this position and I honor you. 
you. He just looks at you and virtually wants to spit on you. I'm going to tell you right now. There's somebody greater than your boss. Stay submitted to your boss and God will make a way where there is no way. If you're facing a Red Sea and you don't know how to get around it or get over it, He may just do a part in your life when you didn't think there was a way that there could ever be a part. But sometimes your shout is the only thing that can get you to possess the thing that God's already given you. I'm going to invite you right now. If you're dealing with something right now or you just know your life can be better, I want you to stand up and I want you to begin to possess some things. Is this mic on? Please help me. I want you to begin to possess some things right now. I'm going to count to three. And when I count to three, whatever it is that you're believing God for, whatever it is that you've been needing God to do in your life, I want you to begin to speak the word over it. I don't want you to declare and tell me how things have been. I want you to declare and tell me how you want things to be. And then we're going to give a mighty shout of victory. Why? Because walls come down and the very thing that was keeping you out is going to be the very thing that gives you entrance into your blessing. Oh, come on. Ready? All over this place. Begin to speak to your finances. Begin to speak to your body. Begin to speak to your kids. Begin to speak to your situation. Come on. It doesn't take long to say, I will live and not die. It doesn't take long to say, by your stripes I'm healed. It doesn't take long to say, every need I have is met according to your riches and glory. It doesn't take long to say, thanks be unto God, which always causes me to triumph in Christ Jesus. There's just some things that you can't possess unless you let the shout out. There's just some things that the shout releases. Hallelujah. Now, you didn't shout to get the walls down. You shouted because you had the revelation There ain't no wall that can stop me from what Jesus has already given me. You're already healed. You're already prosperous. You're already set free. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is. How many of y'all can tell something just changed? Even if you can't tell, I would have put up both hands. I'd be standing on the chair and say, you better believe it, honey. Because there's no reason just to let somebody else be victorious around you. But I'll tell you this, this may get you shouting a little bit. When Paul and Silas were singing praises at midnight, it wasn't, their song wasn't, thank you, Lord, for putting us in prison. Thank you, Lord, for putting us in shackles. They bound my feet, they bound my hands, we just... Come on, that's not what they were singing. They were singing praises unto God because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. 
There ain't no prison. There ain't no shackle. There ain't no bondage that can hold down somebody who knows where they're free. They're free on the inside. And sometimes your praising, sometimes your shouting gets off on the other prisoners that are around you. And it helps release them from their prison doors. I said there's some people that need to hear you shouting around you because they're bound up on the inside. And your praise... Your praising will cause them to get free. That's why I don't mind if dry wood's around me. That usually burns the hottest. I want you to grab somebody next to you, make them more nervous than they are right now, and begin to shout praises unto God. Come on, you're possessing some stuff tonight. You're getting some stuff tonight. Your harvest is coming in tonight. Hallelujah! got it hallelujah tammy come here you've got it thank you jesus praise you lord maybe hard to follow if it seems weird just go ahead and back off that's all right maybe hear it through first this song was given to my wife in one of our revivals and i want us to sing this as a team i want us to sing it as a family i want it to be our declaration It's an easy song. It's a powerful song. But let's sing it. It's early. Come on, dear God. It really is. Some of y'all didn't get up until about this time before you go out to the club. Just calm down. It's called I Will Never Be the Same Again. I will never be the same again. And it repeats. I will never. No, I will never be the same again. And this is why, for I've stepped for I have stepped into the glory, the glory of the Lord. The And I will never be the same again. Be the same again. Very simple, easy, and powerful. Oh, I, I will, will never. never Come on, sing with the angels be tonight. Be the same song it's your testimony <laughs> no i will never be the same again 
here singing for I will oh that's beautiful praise you Jesus again one more time for I will never for I will never same again in Jesus name hallelujah I call you blessed Jesus calls you blessed God the Father calls you blessed the Holy Ghost manifests to make you blessed again you will never be the same in Jesus name your pastors will never be the same this church will never be the same your house will never be the same and that's not bad that's good hallelujah you know what's a blessing is seeing these young children that are all up here up in the front being so well behaved. They're being children, but they're not being nutso. They're being precious. They're... Thank you, Jesus, for this precious crowd. If you're in this place and you've never asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, I'm just going to simply count to three. And while my brother's playing in the background and while we begin to applaud and to support you and to let you know we love you as you come down, as they begin to applaud, just come on down. We're supporting you. 
you've never asked Jesus into your heart to where you prayed that prayer and said, Jesus, come into my heart to go from eternal darkness to eternal light, to go from the kingdom of hell into the kingdom of God. If you've never asked Jesus into your heart, I'm going to pray with you and I'm going to ask you to meet me down here. I'm going to count to three. You don't even have to wait for me to count to three. If God's moving on you, you can come now. But I'm going to count to three. And when I do, just simply, if that's you, you come running. Don't wait. Come running. If you're a born-again child of God, spirit-filled believer, and you would say, I need to rededicate. I really do. I, I, I've, been, I've grown cold. I don't even fellowship with my Heavenly Father on a daily basis. I want to get back in to that, that grace. That I want to get back into that power and that favor of fellowship again. If that's you, when I count to three with the others that come down, just come running with them all over this place right now. One, two, three. Come on, let's give them a big God bless you. Come on, we're waiting on you. Come on, come on, come on. God bless you. Come on, who's going to join her? They're coming down. Come on, hallelujah. Come on, glory to God. Come on down. Come on, come on. Hallelujah. We're waiting on you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Yep. I know it's a long walk, but come on. Come on down. Come on, come on. We're waiting on you. I know there's a couple of guys out there looking at their watch going, ah, I'm all right with Jesus. Are you? Have you been in fellowship with your heavenly father on a daily basis? Come on down. Let's give them one more applause as they come down. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. You'll never be the same, sister. God bless you. It's good to meet you, honey. God bless you. It's good to meet you. How old are you? Five. God bless you. She's what? So you're eight. Okay. I'm not going to ask you. It's okay. (laughs) We're going to pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for pouring out your blessing upon these. Thank you for looking at them as your children and for them actually being your children. I pray the revelation that they are your child comes into fruition in their heart right now. I thank you that you meet every single need that they have, spirit, soul, body, and financially. I thank you for baptizing them and immersing them in the Holy Spirit. And now I'm going to ask you if you would to join me in prayer. The whole congregation is going to join us. So young ladies, just repeat after me, okay? Put your hands in the air and just begin to pray this with me. Oh God in heaven. I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that he's died for me. I thank you that he rose again for me on the third day. Jesus, come into my heart. Wash me white as snow. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I say with my mouth, and I believe with all of my heart, that Jesus, you are my Lord, my Savior. And my soon coming king. Now let's rejoice together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. (laughs) Glory. We've been throwing parties here all week long. Hallelujah. Precious people. My dear new friends. Would you turn to your right and my left? And let's follow that handsome guy that said he. I, 
He said that he was in GQ magazine. I've never seen it, but he said he was there. This young man, Carrie, is going to give you a gift and talk to you about your new decision and tell you how to get on your new road to your path of power. And we'll be having you come back out and join us in just a minute. Give him a big God bless you. I don't think there's any more resources back there uh, from what I understand. I think we've pretty much sold out everything, but we did offer this to you if. I'm sorry, we have two things left. Sticks and stones. I love this man. I love his wife more, but that's cool. Now. We, if you want uh, one of our series or anything you want, what we'll do is we'll go ahead and sell it to you at face value and we'll pay for the shipping to give it to you. The ladies that are helping with the table will know how to help you with that. Make sure we get an address and everything else perfectly. Do not write in tongues. I don't want to send it and it end up in Timbuktu. Praise the Lord, although it'll be a blessing. Um, and then, of course, those that did take part in the cars, please fill those out and give those to the ladies there at the, the table. And if you haven't gotten one, please fill one out. But let's do some kingdom business. Who's ready to give big tonight? Praise the Lord. Let's give it up for your pastor, Pastor Mark Bohr. God bless you.